Cinema Oddities, Late Night Movies with Rob and Zach. This is a podcast about cinematic oddities where we discuss any media that is too bizarre, abnormal, or off-kilter for contemporary audiences. Occasionally, these projects gel. Most times, they crash hard into the realm of obscurity. Join us as we delve into the cult classic Swamp. I'm Zach. And I'm Rob. And on this very, very special bonus episode of Cinemodities, I think we have a first. It's been a while since I've pointed this out, but Zach, correct me if I'm wrong, this is our first holiday episode of Cinemodities. Is that the case? I think so. Yes, and I am so excited that it is for Thanksgiving. Now, really, I'm excited for Thanksgiving because of the movie we're discussing today. But before any of that, Zach, I hope you saw this coming. I hope you're prepared. Uh, Thanksgiving is actually coming up at the time we're recording this, so you should be ready for this. But we have to talk about what we're thankful for. Right, Zach? Oh, God. Oh, God. Just like they do in the movie we're discussing today, and just as they do around dinner tables across America on Thanksgiving every year. So, Zach, I'm going to leave it up to you. Would you like me to go first or you to go first for what we're thankful for Thankful for this year? I'll let you go first. I want to see where you're taking this. Okay. Well, I'm thankful for the same thing I'm thankful for every year. This Alcohol. has been maybe... Well... No, this is a special Thanksgiving thankful. Alcohol I'm thankful for every day. <laughs> On Thanksgiving, I am thankful for, and this is about five years running, it's, it's so important that I feel it needs to stay each year, I'm thankful for the ability to speak, not just for myself, but for all of the human race. Because honestly, if we didn't have the ability to speak, how would we be able to prove to each other how self-righteous we are when we talk about how thankful we are for things on Thanksgiving? Oh, God. I, uh, uh, two years ago, I went to a Thanksgiving. Uh, I was blindsided at a table, much like I'm doing to Zach right now, just not in person. <laughs> the people who hosted this Thanksgiving said, we're going to go around the table before we eat and say what we're thankful for. And I said exactly what I just said. The people have never talked to me again. <laughs> But yes, that's what I'm thankful for, Zach, the ability to speak. What are you thankful for this Thanksgiving? I'm thankful for the power of editing, so nobody might ever hear this if I have my druthers. <laughs> that was a good one. I like that one, Zach. That was a good one. Okay. Oh, I'm, I'm, thank I'm thankful for the fact that uh, Rob has a very good sense of humor. But anyway, today on Cinemodities, on this very special Thanksgiving episode, let's jump right into it. We are talking about a Rob's choice. Uh, I think Zach has no history with this at all, but we'll get into that in a little bit. We are talking about the definitive Thanksgiving movie, Thanksgiving. Now, Zach, let me ask the question. Have you heard about this in any extent prior to this podcast episode prior to us recording about it uh no rob's mm -hmm. been uh uh been a dog with a bone with this episode where he's been like we have to talk about thanks killing and other than that nope i had no really knowledge of this movie until i watched it in preparation for this episode okay right on i'm glad so i want to wait a little bit to get zach's opinions because i i need to know how he takes this um but i want to give a little bit about my history with this movie 
I did not watch this around Thanksgiving, I would say, the first time I saw it. It was not really presented to me as a Thanksgiving movie. What I can say is that I vividly remember watching this in my undergrad. I remember where I was. I remember who I was with. I remember all of us finding Thanksgiving on Netflix and going, this looks crazy. Why not watch it? It's only an hour long. And so there's two movies that really stand out to me in my undergrad career that kind of I saw just in random circumstances and have stuck with me. One of them is Thanksgiving, which we're talking about today. Another one, which I want to pose a challenge to Zach, another movie I saw on Netflix in my undergraduate career was called Stacy's Mom. It was literally somebody took the concept of the fountain of fountains, oh, fountains of Wayne song, Stacy's Mom, and they made like a ninety-minute movie, a very sexual coming-of-age movie about it. To this day, I have never been able to find a copy of that movie. Zach, if you find a copy of that movie for me, I will buy it, and we'll do another bonus episode on it. Oh, but boy. for some reason. Thanks Killing, Stacy's Mom, watched around the same time frame in my undergrad, I remember incredibly vividly. And it's probably because of how funny they were. And I think this is going to be the segue into my question for you, Zach. Were you laughing 90% of the time during this movie or 100% of the time during this movie? Do you want to know my overall thoughts on this? Or do you, are you just wanting uh, if I found it funny? Right now, I want to know if you found it funny. Uh, I found it amusing at times. I wouldn't say funny. Okay. I, I don't want to delve too much into my into my thoughts about it. But uh, no, I'd say more amusing than funny. Okay, okay. Well, I think this has been established on Cinemodities prior, probably in our Freaks episode. That's might be the best exemplar of it where I might find things unbelievably funny, where I cannot stop laughing, I cannot stop thinking about them, and Zach does not see them in the same light as I do. I think that's a, an established fact. And just as in Freaked, where I've said before, you know, I'm laughing the entire way through that movie, this may be another instance of that. Most of my notes about Thanksgiving, to be honest, are, are features of the movie that made me laugh out loud. And this movie is hilarious to me. But I'm glad to hear that you say it's amusing. I think it's amusing as well. I think for a one-hour bad horror movie, which is how I see this, which I'm sure we'll discuss in more detail, this is one of the best I've ever seen. That's my overall thoughts. So now I want to throw it over to you, Zach. Amusing is a good thing, but can you dive deeper into maybe how you felt about this entire experience? Uh, before I do that, though, I'm looking, trying to find Stacy's mom. Uh, oh, it's not available oh. on Amazon Prime right now, but these are the uh, recommended titles for customers who watch this item. Also, watch the following: mm -hmm. banging. I'm sorry, raging hormones. Yep. Uh, the babysitter. Uh, yep. Who's your daddy? Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's favorite. Who's your daddy? Um, slippery slope. Uh, not much imagination that's needed for that one. What is this one called? Oh, Jailbait Babysitter, digitally remastered. Her friends call her Jailbait. Her clients call her anytime. Uh, <laughs> the, <laughs> um, the Nymphettes, Be My Teacher, 
and after school special. And just to let everybody know, the poster artwork for each of these is exactly what you'd expect it to be based <laughs> on the titles. So I don't know what Rob was watching in 2010, but uh, all the same is very interesting nonetheless. So Back you loved to- it, is what you're saying. Thanks Killing was your favorite movie this year. Okay, Thanks Killing, as I was watching it today, might be the worst movie I've ever watched. <laughs> That's kind of like as I was watching this, I I okay, I knew this was gonna be like tongue in cheek, intentionally bad, but and I I like I like that those types of movies in theory, and as I was watching this, I was kind of befuddled. I guess, oh god, uh, befuddledly amused by this, mm-hmm. where. I like, like, like you have all, like you, you, the movie starts off with, and obviously I think Rob mentioned it in a previous episode where like our, one of our characters like Thanksgiving break and like rips his shirt off. Yes. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Like I, I get this. This is like a poor man's version of cabin in the woods. Oh, except that, wrapped around Thanksgiving. Are, how, how are, uh, I guess after 40 episodes, we're just on the same page. That's like most, uh, I have a good chunk of notes about how this is in the cabin in the woods universe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, of course. As I was watching this, I I was amused by certain parts of it. It's like the, the very opening without again overall thoughts first, but even the opening shot, I'm like, oh, it's gonna be like that. Really, like gave me a a very hard preconceived notion to kind of uh, dissuade my mind from because it was just like, oh, we're immediately starting with tits and ass. It's like, <laughs> oh, and, and there's no yeah. explanation as to yeah. why we're starting with that other than the fact of like. Let's start off with that, and it'll be fun. Zach and I are on the same page once again, because I have in my notes literally the sentence, the movie opens with a pilgrim running around with her titties out for absolutely no reason. (laughs) And that's what it is. There's no reason to it. It's just the start of the movie. Yeah, like I said, plus, as I was watching this, I was absolutely fascinated by the women's fashion, how clearly this was filmed in, like, 2007. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is 2007 fashion if I've ever seen it. It's like, <laughs> like, for some reason, I've never been able to identify a specific year based on clothing so well before. I don't know okay. why. I've been like, oh, nice. then I looked it up, and I'm like, oh, this was filmed in 2007. It makes perfect sense. Overall, there are certain things, like, it's weird because this movie somehow nails the tone of, like, unintentionally bad yes like it's weird because i know nowadays we have so much crap out there like sharknado and maybe not as much as we once did but there's so many things now there that i guess maybe five years ago we're trying to go for the it's so bad it's good Mm -hmm. now it's kind of died off but thinking about when this was made the so bad it's good thing wasn't really a criteria yet in a lot of schlock movies yeah yeah we didn't really have because Netflix had like I think, think about two thousand seven. There was really no like Netflix Instant was just getting off the ground. Yep. We really did not have things like that. Like yes, there were like ever since the, like this the eighties there have been schlock movies for like video stores. So it's been around forever. Yeah. But it's weird to have a move like if somebody said oh this was made in like nineteen like ninety one I'd be like oh I get it. Okay, okay. Considering this was made in 2007, I'm like, this is like like a weird sort of like relic. As if somebody had this idea in like the early 90s, had to shelve <laughs> it for 16 years, and was like, okay, we can finally do this now. It's as if a first grader had this idea and just held on to it for 15 years. And when they finally had enough money, we're like, okay, I'm going to do this. Because I think this only cost $4,000 to make. 
Oh, uh, well, I didn't do that. I didn't look into that type of stuff, I guess, with my research. Um, but that's interesting. Right on. So, so I guess my question for you, Zach, is I, that you made some good points right there. I guess to, to maybe boil it down before we get into some of the finer details and, of course, later on talk about our Cinemodities questions, do you think this is the definitive Thanksgiving movie, which I mentioned earlier that I think it is? What do you think about that statement? So what you're saying, you put this on after like everybody's had Thanksgiving dinner and it's like grandma's house, like around the TV, I, I to watch know. a movie? I don't know if you if you would put this on like by default, but if people were saying we need a Thanksgiving movie, this is the first on the list of possibilities. I don't think it's not really other than I guess the uh, the character motivation. There's really not much Thanksgiving in this. Yeah, I guess the character motivation ties in with what I was about to say, which is the the time frame in which it takes place, which is right around Thanksgiving, and the turkey only comes back. Uh, around Thanksgiving, that type of thing. Yeah, I, I guess. But okay. like, when you think when you think of a movie based on the holiday, like other than the ending, we really don't get a straight up Thanksgiving like 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 really thematic element of this. It's like yes, it's it's the catalyst of the. I guess in a way, it is the catalyst for the events of it. Yeah, and the sheriff or the father of the main girl character dresses up as a turkey is one point for like the well, Thanksgiving ball. <laughs> I guess <laughs> I might be getting too ahead of us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you are. Okay, uh, okay. Well, I, I don't I'm, know if it's definitive because there aren't a lot of because okay. When Rob first pitched this, I thought he's like, "Oh, I want to talk about Thanksgiving." And I remember when what was it Grindhouse, like Death Proof and Planet Terror came out. One of the trailers for that was like an Eli Roth directed trailer called like Thanksgiving. This holiday season, prepare. The stuff I'm scared out of you. Thanksgiving. In the town of Plymouth, Massachusetts, the fourth Thursday in November is the most celebrated day of the year. The table is set. The festivities have begun. What an uninvited guest has arrived. And this year, there will be no leftovers. White meat, dark meat, all will be carved. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Cool it, Judy. You're safe. Mommy's here. about it's the killer going around like just like stabbing people and like every 10 seconds it's cut with somebody saying in a dramatic voice thanksgiving it's like that texas chainsaw <laughs> massacre-esque voice yeah and it's like oh raw like, I, I i thought like oh my god they actually made that into a movie and then when i found out oh it's this is a rob movie from like 2007 i'm like oh this, this isn't what i was hoping it to be okay 
Uh, no, there's not really a lot of Thanksgiving movies, but I guess it's not the worst. I think that's fair. That's fair to say. I think this is the definitive one. Um, and to be honest, you know, what I was thinking, uh, let me let me paint a picture for Zach and our audience. You remember The Nightmare Before Christmas? Jack Skellington lives in Halloween Town. He's the king of Halloween. But then he, you know, finds his way into the forest, and deep in the forest there's that ring of trees, and he finds the 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 tree with the Christmas tree on it, you know, and he goes through it, and that gets him to Christmas Town. You remember that scene, Zach? Mm-hmm. You know how there's other trees, and one has a shamrock on it for, like, St. Patrick's Day. One has a turkey on it for Thanksgiving. You remember all those different portals? Oh, yeah. I think if you found that forest, which has a name, which I'm I'm upset that I didn't look up, because you actually get to go there in one of the Kingdom Hearts games. You get to see this kind of whole ring of trees. Uh-huh. I, I knew where this was going. Aha! Uh-huh. If you go through the Thanksgiving tree, I bet you would go into this Thanksgiving universe. That's how definitive I think this movie is. All right. To, to add a little bit to that, I typed in Thanksgiving movies to Google. Ooh. And these are the mo- these are the movies that are, it's giving me. Okay. Adam Sandler's Jack and Jill. What? Buckle in, folks. What? Free bird, free birds, which is like an animated, like off-brand. Oh, like, yeah, I remember that. Krisha, don't know what that is. No idea. Christy, no <laughs> idea what that is. That's the sequel. It's a sequel to Krisha. <laughs> Christy. Uh, <laughs> Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Everybody knows oh, that movie. Oh, was that Thanksgiving or was that Christmas? I Okay, I think Google's confused, but the next one is Four Christmases with Reese Witherspoon and Vince Vaughn. Yeah, I'm, I'm fairly certain Planes, Trains, and Automobiles was Christmas with Steve Martin and John Candy. That's one of the funniest movies of all time. Q Mess Around by Ray Charles. That We're playing that clip right here, Zach. Continue. <laughs> and the seventh film listed is Thanksgiving. Oh! The small victories. <laughs> so I guess in a weird way, Rob is not, unless Rob also is curating the Google's list for Thanksgiving movies. I mean, you know, it's a 50 50. <laughs> so, um, no, he might actually have some merit to that claim.
It's the definitive Thanksgiving movie. Okay, good. After Jack and Jill. I've never seen Jack and Jill. I don't think I ever want to see Jack and Jill. I think Google is a little confused. Um, but if if Trains, Planes, and Automobiles is Thanksgiving, and I'm misremembering that movie, then these two should be played in conjunction. Like, every Thanksgiving, watch Plane, Trains, and Automobiles, and then Thanksgiving. <laughs> All right, Rob. So where do you want to delve into this? Should we do a, a, a breakdown of the quote-unquote plot, or how do you want to tackle this? So that's a good question, Zach. The main reason that's a good question is because basically, as I sat down to watch this movie to make my notes for this recording, my notes basically became me listing every aspect of this movie that made me laugh uncontrollably. They're in order of the plot, you know? But uh, I don't know how interesting that will be to go through each and every one of them, because some of them involve a great amount of detail, because it's involved in the editing and things like that. What do you think? Do you think this deserves a beat-by-beat a, a beat breakdown, or should we just describe the concept of this demonic turkey? The plot of this film essentially is, I think Ross will get mad at me, he's got to re-explain it, though. Well, Zach, I'm mad at you. I'm, I'm going to be mad as at the end of this uh, description as I was at the start of this description. You know, it's not going to change. Okay. I'm not going to judge you any more or any less than I usually do. All right, so essentially this movie is, it's, we have a sentient turkey who goes around killing people because... To be, to be fair, his name, his name is Turkey. T-U-R-K-I-E. That was very important to uh, lay out before I got very, into the description. Very. Yeah, so, so our... our, uh, very. our The villain Turkey, with an I-E, <laughs> goes around killing a bunch of teenage characters who, when we say teenage, are clearly people in their late 20s, early 30s. <laughs> and... He kills them all in weird ways that only low-budget filmmaking can. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the weird thing with this, is that this film is like... Like, okay, I was watching some... I was watching a YouTube video kind of, like, breaking this movie down. And oh. somebody described... It's like, this is maybe the... Like, if John Waters didn't make Pink Flamingo... Or if John Waters' first film wasn't something like Pink Flamingos... This would have been it if it was Thanksgiving based. <laughs> Someone said like, this is clearly a John Waters film in disguise. Wow, I I, I did definitely did not get that sense, but I mean, I maybe if I watched the video, the argument would be more understandable. But that's an interesting take for sure. Well, between like you have the the I, I, I first really started to get the vibe of this movie is when the I don't know our characters' names, but the the police father is sitting in the kitchen like he takes the sip the first sip of coffee and he's like Mabel this coffee tastes like crap and she pulls and she pulls over the the coffee pot and she's like cuz I crapped in it and she says, I want a divorce and it storms out and he's like well shit i guess so yep. like, that is that is clearly a John Waters style yeah, of humor. Okay, that's that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Um, that I will is, say that the the cop father or the sh I think he's the sheriff. I don't know if they ever explicitly say that, but he has like a sheriff badge on. He's one of the greatest characters ever. I love him in this movie. Well, <laughs> like, I, even though I don't think this film is like a hundred percent like a John Waters film, mm -hmm. I think that scene at the very least emulates what John Waters is going for. Okay, it has those aspects. That's fair. But it's weird. Nobody emulate. Like you see, all so many people try to copy like other filmmakers now. 
Like like David Lynch is a big one where everybody's trying to yeah. copy his style. Yet we don't ever see anybody trying to copy John Waters like, yeah. at yeah. all. Like that's one where most people are like, I'm not even. I think most people don't even understand John Waters. And those that do figure, you know what, I'm not even going to attempt it. <laughs> and to see somebody do it, I don't. I guess that's the fascinating thing with this because I don't know how much of this is just like, oh, clearly this is like a, a almost a borderline boner comedy. Mm-hmm. But there's so many surreal and just like there's times when the humor comes out of left place and it's just like, oh wow, this is actually somewhat like. I, the style they're going for. I wonder yes. how much of this was like, the big question of this is how much of it is a happy accident? <laughs> Good question. Because there's a lot of times where it's like, okay, it's trying to be exploitation film. Like you have mm-hmm. the actress in the beginning in the, like the pilgrim that's like wa- walking around with her boobs and juggling around, jiggling yep. around. And then we have the, uh, the, the, what's the word? The easy female character who eventually dies during uh, intercourse with Turkey. And the whole time, I've ne- while that scene was going on, you know, I found it like, again, it's amusing in the sense of like a way to kill a character in a movie involving, involving a homicidal Turkey. Mm-hmm. I've never felt so much embarrassment for an actor before while watching a scene in a film. I've never <laughs> been like, oh, honey, not this. Not I, this movie. I have to completely agree. But at the same time, she doesn't even do that great of a job because when she like oh. gets killed, she has she has the worst scream when she dies. It's the worst scream I've ever heard from anyone ever. Like, I mean, I love screams and music and movies and TV shows, but this was just the shittiest shit. <laughs> So, uh, uh, yeah, not a lot of love lost. It was probably ADR'd by the director's girlfriend. God damn, I feel sorry for the director. <laughs> That's, That's what I mean, though. I don't, I, I've never felt so embarrassed for an actor before watching a movie. I'm like, okay. oh, honey, please, no. You can do better than this. So you're saying that's what you're thankful for, this, th- this thanksgiving. <laughs> No, but like that scene's like okay. Like, and the weird thing about that scene is that it looks like they're more like dry humping because they're they're both fully clothed. Oh yeah, there. This is this is a fully clothed sex scene. I'm glad <laughs> Zach is bringing this up because this is in my notes that there's a there's a fully clothed sex scene with minimal moaning. It's the craziest shit I've ever seen. It's it's <laughs> like the the least erotic sex scene possible. Yeah. yeah, and the fucking turkey like looks at it, looks at the camera, and is like. Mm pink pumpkin pie and it's like the worst line oh god i love it (laughs) like that's what i mean though like there's a level of just like unintentional camp because as like a a scene like that which is very intentional you don't stumble into a scene like that because clearly everybody had to be told what was going to happen that day oh yeah yet it comes across like clumsily competent and even though those are clearly opposite terms it's weird because it's like okay they walk in it's like okay but i i guess they got the point they like that's the weird thing like, like i never woken <laughs> yeah. up in the morning and been like i can't wait to make a movie or like somebody gave me thousands of dollars or i've saved thousands of dollars i have a bunch of my friends or actors and we're gonna make a, a movie with a homicidal turkey and one of the death scenes is going to be the turkey raping this woman while she's in the act of sex but doesn't realize it's the turkey that's somehow 
been switched out for her sexual partner. Yeah. And then she's, but she doesn't even, like, I know Rob and I discussed this in Jason Goes to Hell, though, but her death scene isn't even that, like, imaginative. Like, she doesn't die mm-hmm. from the sex. She dies from just having, like, her neck broken. Yeah. Like, it's like, oh, so you're going to have a scene like that, and it doesn't have a big payoff to it. Exactly. That's the weird thing about No big this. payoff and a terrible scream. Exactly. Doesn't he have another thing like, like, oh, you just got basted? Does he say that in that scene? He is says that something. He has a quip. Every, every, like every 15 seconds, he has a quip. Yeah, like, there's yeah, there's something like that. The quips, uh, the quips are weird. I don't fully understand the quips because sometimes they're funny. Sometimes they're just so fucking blatant and stupid. Like, even in the beginning, like, the first quip we hear from him... You know, the, the pilgrim's running around with her boobs hanging out. And when he, when he kills her, the turkey's like, nice tits, bitch. And it's like, that's, like, there's nothing to that. <laughs> that's, like, that's the way, like, if this was coming out, like, if this was made in the last, like, five years, I'd be like, oh, this is clearly a rift on Freddy Krueger. Because okay. I know, like, I think, I think, was it, like, Rick and Morty has their, their Rick and, or their scary, Freddy Krueger. Yeah, Scary Terry. Yeah, and Scary Terry just goes around and every phrase or sentence he says is punctuated with bitch. Yes. Welcome to your nightmare, bitch. Oh, here we go. Looks like some sort of legally safe knockoff of an 80s horror character with miniature swords for fingers instead of knives. I'm Scary Terry. You can run, but you can't hide, bitch. Nothing but fear from here on out, bitch. Buckle up, bitch. You can run, but you can't hide, bitch. If this was made now, we're like, clearly this is a jab at Freddy Krueger. But this was 2007. Like, just four years earlier, you had Freddy versus Jason. These characters really weren't dated by any means. Yeah, yeah. So I don't, I, I don't, I, I clearly it's a jab at that because like I have all the like anytime somebody and like a horror character ends a sentence with bitch, it's it's a Freddy Krueger reference. Okay, but it's weird that again, there's so many things in this. This is another one. Maybe Rob was oddly. Maybe Rob like left the much like Back to the Future Part Two. Rob left the time machine like unattended, and somebody <laughs> whoever directed this went back in time with all the current pop culture ideas of like 2018, and they made this film in like 2007. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking because like if this was made now. Minus the sex scene because that never that would never fly now because oh, sex, yeah. because yeah. Uh, rape even with a uh, anthropomorphic turkey would never be funny. That's not funny. Period. <laughs> this film was an enigma to me because as I was watching it, I was really like, "This is this is a horrible, horrible movie." Yep. Yet I was I wasn't mesmerized, but I'm like, "This is intriguing because there's like." There's potential here because the other scene I really found funny was the like Rob already mentioned the the sheriff father Turkey with an IE not the country not the deli meat <laughs> goes to the the sheriff's house and the sheriff's dressed in a turkey costume for the ball in the turkey IE not the country is wearing a Groucho Marx like glasses oh, nose Oh costume. my god can this this is the thing that this scene that Zach is about to describe and is describing is the reason I think this stuck in my head from undergrad. Because when I was in the dorm room watching this on like a 32 inch TV, probably smaller than that, you know, with five other guys on Netflix and this fucking turkey is wearing a fake nose and mustache, we lost our minds. <laughs> well, this, the thing- this is absurdity to the max. <laughs> 
Well, the thing about those, he's not wearing a fake nose. In gla- like, it's a grout. If you can buy it, like a costume store, it's a grout. Yeah. Marks. Like you can get him at a dollar store. Like. Oh yes, it's, it's just- a very, it's a very, very common costume. I think, and everybody, I like, we watched it back in the day. Everybody, even if they didn't know it was Groucho Marks, they recognized it. Yes. Well, it's che- and nothing too is that it's cheap. It's insanely again. It's a dollar store prop. Yes. And he, they're sitting there, and it's like. I forget. I forget exactly. Rob probably know, has probably has the dialogue or the script in front of him right now, so he can probably read <laughs> off better. I think but my like, notes are literally sixty percent of the script. <laughs> it's just the script right now. No, Rob transcribed the entire film. In uh, the turkey's like something happens where it's like I think the show's like so the weather's been good lately. And turkey's like the the, the what like, he starts cursing, and the sheriff father's like, "Whoa, boy, you allowed to curse?" It's like, "Who are you to curse?" They're like, "How old are you?" He's like. 555 years old. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, well, damn. Okay, then. Okay. Yes. Like, yes. Like, so I, I'm, like... I'm glad you mentioned this because I actually do have the line written in my do. notes that I it's under the it's under the heading of the whole page of things that made me laugh out loud. And it was when the cur- like you said, the turkey curses, the turkey says, fuck it. The turkey's like something about the fucking weather, you know? And the sheriff, who thinks the turkey is a friend of his daughter's, who is should be young, he's like, whoa, he's like, you know, you curse over there? Did you just curse? And he's like, yeah, I'm old enough. You know, he says, like Zach said, I'm 510 years old or some shit like that. And the sheriff comes back and he has the great line of saying, I wasn't worried about the size of the fucking, more the age of the fucking. <laughs> Bless you. <laughs> Allergy season, you know. Fucking weather. But it was nice today, huh? Did you just say fucking? What do you mean? Is that supposed to mean that midgets can't cuss? I wasn't worried about the size of the fuck. I was worried about the age of the fuck. How old are you? 510 years old. Fuck it then, I guess you can say it. That did not exist, because again, this is, I guess this is stuff that, again, like, I don't want to go back to Red Letter Media, though, but this is the sort of stuff that they eat up. Like, this is something that would clearly be made, like, in the wake of when they started highlighting bad movies. Mm -hmm. And this is in a weird time span where there wasn't, like, again, the the VHS rental boom is over. Like blockbusters are drying up. There's really no in 2007. There's really no much. Like, even though blockbuster was around still, mm-hmm. uh, nobody was greenlighting things. There was no money in distribution for this. Because I even yeah. read it online, like in the IMDb trivia, it was like they couldn't find. Nobody was willing to distribute this film for them. Whereas now, you basically just go. You you find like an indie horror. Like movie label or whatever it is, mm-hmm. or, or, or distributor, which is much bo- more commonplace. Yeah, because they know now they can either put sixty of these movies on a DVD, then put it on Walmart for like six ninety nine, and people will buy it as like yeah. a gag gift for Halloween time, or they'll show up time. On, but okay, whatever they throw, <laughs> they, they, they throw everything. On. I've seen those DVDs in Walmart. Mm-hmm. There's like fifty movies for like five bucks. They just throw them on there. And Zach's there every Wednesday from six to nine p.m. Go check it out. <laughs> and 
you have Netflix now where they just they'll buy anything. They, they, yeah. they need the content. Like it's funny. Netflix now is kind of like what video rental houses were back in the, the mid to late eighties. Mm-hmm. And this was all before that though. Cause it said that on, uh, they couldn't find a distributor and they had to sell the DVD on Amazon. It took them like years to sell a thousand copies. <laughs> you make a really good point, Zach, um, with the concept of, you know, at the time of this release, humor or comedy or a structure of comedy like this didn't really exist. And I think that's fair, because honestly, once again, that's probably why this movie and the time I watched it originally stands out to me so significantly, is because it was one of my first experiences with what I consider to be absurdist humor. One of the things that probably shaped my sense of humor now, when you take an idea and you push it to levels that are just so absurd, they become funny to me. And so, yeah, I, I agree with you. Yeah, I think, again, I would understand why this would resonate with Rob in 2010, when he probably, yeah, 2010, it was, 2011. it was probably late 2010, early 2011 when I watched it. And that definitely makes sense, because they're really, at that time, the only other thing I can think of that was like this, again, I, there's probably more examples of it, I'm just not familiar with them, but it would probably be something like Mr. Plinkett. Like, that'd be the only other thing we have this guy talking about Star Wars and Star Trek, and in and doing it under the guise of a homicidal paraplegic that has a prostitute tied up in his basement. Yeah. <laughs> like that's really the only thing I can think of where you take a mainstream concept, like a Thanksgiving the uh, 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 teenage boner comedy mm-hmm. and you throw in a homicidal turkey with very poorly done special effects. Except for a few here and there. There's some in certain spots there's some really good effects. But yeah. overall, this movie, this comes across is something that you would find again i don't again that's the weird thing i can't wrap my head around this because i don't it's very poorly crudely made yet there's uh brief glimpses of true artistry here if you like absurdist art and that's the weird thing with this where it's like again they somehow made an which might be one of the most difficult things to do in movies is they made an unintentional comedy work yeah, yeah, they did it. How do you fabricate something that's meant to be unintentional? Uh, it, it makes me think of, um, remember when we talked about R. Kelly's Trapped in the Closet, how some reviewers d- use that term sprezzatura to describe something? Like it's it seems so bad, it's hiding or, or you know, uh, hindering the artist's true talent or something like that? Do you think that applies here? I I. The pro, like, I don't know. R. Kelly at least had like R. Kelly's like one of these people like Kanye. I'm like, oh, he's just insane. I'm like, this is a crazy person making mm-hmm. this. This guy, whoever made this, whose name I don't know, I don't care to look up his name. Uh, he, he hasn't done. He's done some things here and there. It might be interesting to see if he if he's if this was just an isolated incident. Like, I'm curious to see if of uh, Thanks Killing Three, the sequel. Yes, the sequel carries any of this over like i know it came out i think three years after this Mm -hmm. so by that time you did have a lot of the resurgence of so bad it's good is like a genre because at this point like troll 2 is the biggest thing in the world even when we were in high school troll 2 oh my god they're eating her then they're going to eat me oh my god yeah that was a big thing like in 2009 Yep, and this was before, like again, this was before all that. Like that's the strangest thing over this it was like, again, but like even again, we have a point where 
beyond the sex scene and then going back to the sheriff father after this weird exchange that we highlighted the the turkey i.e not the country yes goes and says okay enough of this and the the surviving kids ring the the doorbell and they're like and we in the shot is from i think it's from the ground pov the camera's yeah. looking up at them clearly <laughs> signifying that they are talking to turkey i.e not the country <laughs> And they're like, oh, God, thank God. It's like, it's like, oh, we were so worried. And we pan to a close-up of the turkey wearing the face of the sheriff father. It's beautiful. It's, 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 it, like, that's the sort of thing where there's brilliance here. Like, and it's played 100% straight. Like, again, it's not that, I think I've highlighted it numerous times, it's not this stupid Guardians of the Galaxy thing, like, oh, man, we got a talking raccoon in a tree, man. Yeah. Whoa, this is crazy. Yeah, the our main characters honestly believe that the turkey wearing the father's face is the father. 100%. <laughs> and, there, and there's no, like, wink, wink, nudge, nudge to the audience. And that's that's what I love about this movie. That is one of the facts of absurdity I love about this movie, because... Here's the thing. This scene where you have a turkey, he's, it's the size of a turkey. It's on the ground. It's no more than a foot off the ground. It's wearing the father's face, and our main characters are looking down at it, and they think it's the father. But literally 15 minutes earlier in the movie, the father is looking down at the turkey wearing the Groucho Marx outfit, and he's like, you're a midget. So in one scene, they're like, everybody can perceive size perfectly fine. But in the next scene, that goes out the window. I love it. I love that, Zach. <laughs> but this is the thing that fascinates me, though, because Rob's looking at it in a uh, story sense. But if you look at it from a like, – that's an interesting point, Rob, Rob. The fact that there's no continuity between the fact that the father perceives the, uh, the short stature of the turkey. Yes. Yet the kids don't. Yet on a filmmaking level, like I already described, when we see when, we're, when the door open, when they knock on the door and the door opens, the camera is at a ground POV looking up at them. Yes. Subliminal, subliminal. Oh my God, it's one where I can't see on here. Subliminally signifying to the audience that the turkey is the one answering the door, even mm-hmm. though we do not see that visually. Yes. So again. There's a level of artistry here because if this was some incompetent boob making this, they would just shoot it at the kids saying, oh, my God. I, I, again, it'd be shot at, like, height level. Mm-hmm. And it'd be like, oh, my God, I'm so glad you're here. And the next thing we do is we cut down to the camera at ground level facing the turkey. Like, you're, then, you're so right. That's a great point that you bring up. Absolutely. It, it, like, the, what I think why I love that shift of or that lack of continuity is because of the point you're making, because they – pay artistic attention to it yet we'll have scenes later on when the 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 jock guy character is <laughs> impaled with the electric carving knife by turkey i.e not the country he's literally we see him holding it like they do not ha- like I, there's a couple of some really nifty special effects in this mm-hmm. yet he's literally as turkey is supposed to be stabbing him with the electric carving knife uh, the guy, the actor of the jock man is literally holding the, the, the carving knife with the turkey there, and it's the jock man like vibrating it into himself, and, not yeah. the, tur- and the turkey like prop is just shaking. Like, you were able to do practical effects to have the father's skin face, 
you have the obese, like, redneck kid, have the turkey, like, come through him. You have all this stuff, yet you weren't able to convincingly do that? Well, I have to say that the, the, the effect you're talking about occurs after a specific point in the movie where I feel it is a very noticeable shift to we don't give a fuck anymore. I think that that's part I'm pretty of sure that's the first uh, frame of the film. Well, <laughs> well, if they didn't give a fuck from the start, they gave even less fucks at a certain point. Because hear me out, Zach. There's a point in this movie. It's after the turkey is, you know, pretending to be the father and all that stuff. But it's before the the carving knife point that Zach is talking about. It's it's the point when one of our characters breaks the mathematical code and he realizes that he has to find the turkey in its teepee, and they have to, like, take its talisman and blah, blah, blah. At this point in the movie, the kids just find the teepee. They just know, They just drive up on it randomly while the turkey's making a salad. And as they're planning on, like, how to capture this turkey, literally, I think four things in one scene, you know, in, like, a two-minute time frame, they're like, oh, but we don't have rope. And the jock character goes, yeah, I took that from the truck. Here it, here it is. And then it's like, oh, we don't have we don't have a match or a lighter. And he goes, no, no, I took that too. Here we go. And at that point, it's it's the absurdity that they don't care. They're like, it's just it's just here we go, Deus ex machina, to the absurd level. That's how I took all that stuff. And when they started to get careless, I guess that's the way we're saying it, careless with the special effects. That was just adding to that flavor of the point of the movie where they were crossing over into the absurdity to the extreme. Does that make some sense? Well, as an interpretation, it makes sense. But I have to look at that, go though, and be like, okay, are they... When, when the, the, the nerd character pulls all these things out of his pockets, are they do, is it being done because it's just lazy screenwriting? Or is it being done because they're just laughing at the fact that that's what these characters have? Because clearly this is a film that's, again, this is meant to be tongue-in-cheek. This is not yes. meant... Like, it's not like they're trying to make a super... Even though it's not Guardians of the Galaxy level, if it's making fun of itself. Yeah. It's, it knows it's a goofy premise, but it's not self-referential and meta about it. Yes. And yeah, it, it's very subtle with those with those confusing touches. <laughs> well, that's what I mean, though. There's a lot of conflicting stuff in here, which I think puts it in that pantheon of unintentionally funny, because there are that... Uh, the the inconsistencies yeah, and the contradictions yeah. where it's like okay this much effort went into x y and z yet one two and three or a b and c are just so lazy where it's like oh was yep. it intentionally lazy or as in cutting corners or is it intentionally being done in the sense of okay we're trying to be subversive and and witty about what horror movies are because I, yep. I, that's a weird thing, though, because that's in 2007, the there weren't a lot of good horror movies. Like, like, the mid-2000s, all you basically had were the, uh, I guess it was all the, the J-horror knockoff films. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you didn't have this, like, I, I, I guess the slasher genre was dead at this point. That's what this is, basically. It's a slasher film with a yeah. turkey. And I, I don't know. That's just the, the ultimate question of this, where there are so many elements where it's, like, clearly... Like, I know at one point, this is very early on in the film, when they're driving, right after I think they left the college campus, yep. they're driving away, 
and this is before they've even like the car broke down and like they're telling the turkey story that they're fil- that they're filming the jock through the car window and clearly it's somebody else in the car driving the same exact speed. <laughs> you can see the reflection of the passenger side window in the <laughs> yeah. cam- in the image yeah. and so like a what you 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 couldn't just put a camera like create like a little not a rig but like something that's put the camera in the passenger side like window yeah and then two, where's the actress that's supposed to be sitting there? <laughs> like, that's the weirdest thing about this where, but then later on, like Rob said, you'll have all these elements that are genuinely witty and clever Yeah. For, for, okay, let me rephrase that. That are as genuinely witty and clever as a movie about a homicidal turkey can be. Yeah. It, they're absurd. Yeah. But they couldn't figure that out. And that's kind of the weird thing where maybe... They're, they're, what's the word? What they wanted to do was relegated to the script mm-hmm. and the execution of it, maybe. That's kind of what it is where, I, I don't know, this is, this would be a fascinating one to try to get, like, read if there were any interviews with the director or anybody who worked on this movie. Because I know I looked up, none of the actors, I don't think, have done anything ever since. Okay. Because they don't even have their pictures on IMDb, so clearly they're not, they're not <laughs> active. Oh, man. No, like I think that's the that's the uh, the the question for this is okay. Are the is, is the script because the script I think was there. Like this is again, I don't know. This is part of like trapped in the closet or I don't know freaked. Where I think this is just begging to be rediscovered. I agree, and you know maybe this is something we can discuss as a cinematics update. Maybe even have someone as a guest. We'll look into that when we do our next bonus episode on Thanksgiving 3. That has to happen. <laughs> Between now and Thanksgiving or next Thanksgiving? Oh, most likely next Thanksgiving. I oh, still have yeah. not watched Thanksgiving 3, to be honest. Worst Thanksgiving fan ever. I mean, you know, yeah, most likely. <laughs> so, Rob, oh, right, con- considering that Rob has transcribed the entire uh, script in of this film. What what are some other highlights you'd want to yeah, uh, so, put the spotlight on? Yeah, I think that's where we should go next. I think I like everything. We had some great conversation about this movie as a whole. It is absurd. It is all over the place. And that's why, you know, it's worth checking out. Uh, I think that's what I want to ask next. I would recommend everybody to see this movie at least once. I'm not talking about late night or cinemodity yet, but, you know, this is an experience. Would you agree with that, Zach? I don't know, because I think it's such a specific film. I I. This is one of those weird ones where I can't recommend it. Like, okay. I, I, in good faith, I cannot recommend it because it is such a specific taste in film. That's, like, a good, that's a really good point, yeah. Because other than Rob, I can't imagine anybody I could show this to that would appreciate <laughs> it. Like People would watch it and be like, this was dumb. Oh. And I don't think they'd pick up on the nuances as to why it's clever. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. Well, um, if, if you have the chance to see it, check it out. And, you know, that might give you some more context about the things we're about to discuss. Because you better believe, Zach, I have some highlights that I want to talk about. They fall under two categories. I mentioned one already, the things that made me laugh for real. Like, sincerely laugh, I thought was incredibly funny. But there were some other things in this movie that I didn't necessarily think were funny, but were rather interesting, I don't know, touches or something like that. And there's a few that I want to mention. We mentioned one, the inconsistency with the notion of sizes. Uh, there's another one. You know, how, you know, we have a character who's like the hermit in the woods with the dog who initially gets killed by the turkey. 
Of course. Yeah, so at the very much near the beginning of the movie, when the dog... Well, I guess I have to mention this as well. The dog pees on the turkey's burial ground, which that's what causes the turkey to, like, come out of the ground. And when the turkey pops out of the ground, there's a quick cut to the face of the dog, and there's an audible gulping noise. That's pretty funny. Um, But the turkey kills the dog, and when the hermit finds the dog, he starts going, like, this turkey killed my dog! It also killed my wife. I'll get you, turkey. But the turkey only comes out every 505 years. Yeah. So has this has, has this hermit been alive for five, more than 505 years? Because it, it literally just killed his dog when it popped out of the ground. So it had to have killed his wife 505 years ago. Right? I, you'd think. Maybe he's like the Van Helsing to turkey, i.e. I think he is, because as we know, at the end of the movie, when the hermit, like, shows up, he says to our main characters, you're never going to understand loss like I do. <laughs> oh, oh, we might have to get to that scene in more detail. But, but that stood out to me. Another contradiction, that kind of timeline, that this hermit was just vowed to kill this turkey, so he has to be more than 500 years old. And Zach, I don't think you're going to be happy about this. Right, right. So, at one point in the movie Thanks Killing, and I, I will say this is the last point I want to make before getting into the things in the movie that really made me laugh. This was something that more stood out to me as a, I don't know, tertiary comment or something like that. One of our main characters has the phrase, it's totally impossible for a turkey to kill a human. Do you remember this by any chance, Zach? Vaguely. It's near the beginning of the movie. It's when, you know, the kind of group of teenagers is starting to realize that there is a demonic turkey around them. And when in denial, one of them says, a turkey can't kill a human. But, Zach, I would be remiss if I did not mention, and here we go, um, I, I, do, I have no idea what Zach is going to think about this. Do you remember in 2004, someone bought a frozen turkey from a grocery store and they decided to throw it over an overpass? Someone literally took a 16-pound frozen turkey, threw it over an overpass in the Bronx, and it hit the windshield of a moving car on the freeway. The woman that it hit went into a coma for many years. Currently, she is awake. She's speaking very vehemently about the concept of throwing frozen turkeys over overpasses. I'm so sorry. This should not, I should not be laughing at this. But, Zach, do you remember this story of the frozen turkey thrown over an overpass? Uh, no, but I'm not surprised. Like, that's How do you not? Doesn't happen more. I'm surprised this was, it happen more this was New York news. When this happened in 2004, this was statewide news. I wasn't, I was only up here for like the latter part of that year. I wasn't even paying God. attention to the news. Damn it, Zach, you and your Florida nonsense. <laughs> me God, and my Florida nonsense. It. Okay, well that's fair. I kind of forgot about that. You give Zach's me the exact Florida month nonsense. this occurred and I'll be able to tell you if it might have blipped on my radar. It was November of 2004. Oh, okay. Then probably it did blip on my radar. Literally, 
literally two kids from a high school in New York bought a frozen turkey and they threw it off of an overpass in the Bronx in New York. Of course, if you don't know anything about the Bronx, there's many freeways and highways that travel right through there. Hell, you know, the high school that that I know in the Bronx, Lehman High School, which is now closed, that is right next to an overpass, a major highway. Somebody threw a frozen turkey, an entire frozen turkey, off of an overpass. It landed in somebody's windshield and put them in a coma. That's one dangerous turkey. That's not even the IE kind either. So I feel like I started this tangent because because it referenced the actual dialogue and thanks killing. See, folks, turkeys can be dangerous even when they're not anthropomorphic and homicidal. Exactly. And this and this now concludes our frozen turkey throwing PSA. In- the Cinemades throwing frozen turkeys PSA. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Zach is right. That is the last thing I wanted to mention that did not make me laugh hysterically. Uh, contrary to popular belief, frozen turkeys over overpasses do not make me laugh. <laughs> so now, Zach, Except for that. Except for that one time. Ex- now, Zach, I would like your permission. Can we get into some voice of acting. the... No, not voice acting. Some who of the, the things... I don't know who voiced the turkey. You may never know. We may never know. I want to talk about lines that made me laugh out loud. And I'm going to keep it brief because there were some lines that stood well above the rest. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Zach mentioned it prior, many years prior. I think, what, have we been recording this for three years, four years now? (laughs) Something like that. Zach mentioned it already, but when a school bell rings and... Two or three kids run out of the school, and one of them rips their shirt off and screams, Thanksgiving break! Damn, Billy! Kill yeah. those puppies up! Don't you see your nasty titties? Shh! I'm trying to get Allie to show a big old tigger. Oh, all right. <laughs> yeah! Big break, guys! Let's get wasted! Pull your shirt down, honey. It's Thanksgiving, not titsgiving. What? I thought Johnny'd be thankful for my glorious movies. And now I am. You know you like them. That is hilarious. <laughs> that made me laugh out loud. I cannot, you know, disregard that to any extent. We've but all been there. Of course, right? Thanksgiving break. So to be honest, Zach, Zach has, as far as I know, correct me if I'm wrong, Zach has not been in the academic setting for many years. Thanksgiving break is the worst thing to happen to academia since ever. Because literally, Thanksgiving break happens... And then there's two weeks of classes and then finals week. A week of break before two weeks of classes will do nothing but disengage you. 
that's a story for another time, my problems with Thanksgiving break. But this movie makes light of it, which I have to appreciate. <laughs> so the next thing I have to mention, Zach, is a scene in the car. All of our main characters are driving out to a camping site or something like that. And the nerdy character, the character who he sniffles a lot and has a lot of snot in his nose, he has this line. And here we go. I wrote it down. You better believe I wrote it down, Zach. I'm gonna go wild. I'm gonna go wild this Thanksgiving break. I'm gonna go skinny dipping with no clothes on. I'm gonna ghost ride the whip. And then he's cut off. In the movie, he's cut off by some other characters. But I want to ask Zach two questions. Zach, have you ever gone skinny dipping without your clothes off? Hey. Hey. I'm gonna go wild. I'm gonna go buck wild on this trip. I'm gonna go skinny dipping without any clothes on. I'm gonna ghost ride the whip, man. Woo! <laughs> I'm gonna have sex with someone in this car. Yeah, for once, you know, it's not gonna be just me by myself. <laughs> I'm gonna be the one doing the sexing. <laughs> yeah, to one of you. Well, it isn't gonna be me. I'm a prude. What? Nothing. Yeah, nothing. Nothing at all, Allie. <laughs> Allie, you're kind of a hoe. I'm not gonna lie, you're, you're pretty scared. I am not a hoe. There's only one man in my life. Right, Johnny? <laughs> I can only... <laughs> beautiful. Well, beautiful. Zach's response is. is beautiful. He acknowledges you. skinny dipping implies no clothes on, but our character says with no clothes on. It's amazing. But here's the next thing, Zach. When he says, ghost ride the, the whip, whip, do you know what this means? Oh, I remember that very clearly from 2006 and 2007. Oh, oh my God. One of the things that I is still on my bucket list is to ghost ride the whip. I've never ghost ride the whip, but I need to. For anyone out there that does not know what ghost ride the whip means, and maybe, maybe Zach has a different connotation with this. Picture this. You get in your car. You start driving. You find an alleyway that's pretty abandoned. You know, it's an empty alleyway. You hit maybe 20 miles per hour in your car. As you're going 20 miles per hour, you switch that bad boy into neutral. You let that engine ride. And while that engine's just gliding, you open your doors, you get out of your car, and you start to dance. You dance around your car as it's going four to five miles per hour in neutral. That is ghost riding the whip. Do you disagree, Zach? Do you have any other notion of ghost riding the whip than I do? No, that, that essentially goes, yeah, that's my understanding of it for the last decade plus. Have you ever done this? Have you ever ghost riding the whip? No, I've never driven a car before, so oh, I, in order yeah, to ghost yeah. ride the whip, you have to at least get behind the wheel of a car, so that is That's a no from me. I have not, I have also not ghost ride the whip, unfortunately. It's on my bucket list. I would love to ghost ride the whip, but I've never been in anyone in anyone's car that I could ghost ride the whip in. 
I'm not ghost riding the whip in my own car. I'm not ghost riding the whip in anybody who promises their car to me. Hell, if I want to ghost ride the whip, it better be in someone fucking cars I steal. You know? Like, ghost riding the whip, you're asking for danger. Literally, you're standing outside of the car dancing while it's moving. It's going to crash into something. Anyway. You, got, you got to find a really empty parking lot. A really empty parking lot? Where do yeah. those exist? Where do those exist these days? I don't know. Go find like a Walmart at like 4 a.m. Where do those exist that I'm not going to get assaulted by other groups of people? That's the question. Well, you can't have it all. <laughs> that might be a cinematic update. Rob's unfortunate happenstance when he tries to ghost ride, ghost the, ride whip the whip and he gets mugged. <laughs> no, they don't, they don't mug you. They take the car. Oh, well, that's even worse. You're not pitching this in a great way to me, Zach. It's ghost riding the whip. There is no ideal way to pitch it. <laughs> that's true. Well, I think that is one of the first things I have to say. We have a character in this movie who says he's going to ghost ride the whip. Um, if you continue on with that scene, if Zach remembers, after he says he's going to ghost ride the whip, he also says he's going to lose his virginity to someone in the car. <laughs> <laughs> The car is two females, three f- males. <laughs> so, you know, progressivism, right? Oh, yeah. I Early mean, progressivism. Pro- yeah, progressivism in terms of probabilities. That whole scene is amazing. Because even after that character is, goes on his monologue about how important Thanksgiving is to him. And yes, that's what we're saying. This character, Thanksgiving is so important to him, he's going to ghost ride the whip and lose his virginity. That's what he's planning for this Thanksgiving. That scene goes on to basically the four people in the car looking at the female going, you're a hoe. You are a hoe. You have to know you're a hoe, right? <laughs> that was another term that I have not heard in a while, the term hoe. I mean, since the Dr. Seuss movie? Well, we... What? Oh. <laughs> Zach, the I, I think I literally just blew Zach's mind. All right, Nevins. Oh. Time to die. Cat, you scared him away. Dirty hoe. I'm sorry, baby. I love you. Come on, Cat. Yes, the cat in the hat. Of baby. course, I know that. Dirty, dirty, get hoe. away, you dirty hoe. You dirty hoe. Well, I, I still think, even if you know it, I can blow your mind, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it, Zach. So, yes, that whole scene in the car, Ghost Riding the Whip, I'm glad we talked about it. They say faggot. They say retarded. The turkey says retarded at one point. Mm-hmm. He says, you kids are retarded. I'll leave it up to Zach if he wants to bleep that or not. <laughs> oh, it's all getting bleeped out. <laughs> yes, the whole 30 minutes of this conversation. No, but you know what I have to say? Honestly, the car scene sticks with me. Because, yes, the ghost riding the whip line is hilarious. I love ghost riding the whip. That's such a funny concept to me. Um, but later on in that scene, our main female character, like, calls her dad, who is the sheriff or the cop. And while the, while this girl is on the phone, the kid in the back seat screams, hey, throw me a beer. No, 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 I'm sorry. He says, hey, toss me a beer. 
And over the, like, immediately, the comedic timing is perfect. This father, the sheriff or the cop, says, what? What did he just say? And, of course, you're thinking, oh, my God, you can't have a beer in a car, right? That's what Zach's thinking. I know Zach has had a lot of experience with beer in vehicles. But you're thinking that's what he's going to say. But, no, we have the absolutely beautiful line where the sheriff screams over the phone to his daughter, what did he just say? You know tossing is illegal. You can't toss in a car. Yep, we've been on the road for about... Kristen, toss me a beer. Hey, what did he say? Did he just say toss? Uh, no, Dad. Tossing's illegal. You can't do no tossing in a car, girl. Do you understand that? I know, Daddy. Anyway, I just wanted to let you know I'll be home in a couple of hours. Ah, right, sweetheart. Did you pick up on this, Zach? <laughs> I certainly did not. How did you not pick up on this? This is this is absurd comedy at its finest. You have a little teenage girl calling her father, who's the sheriff. While they're on the phone, someone in the car says, Hey, toss me a beer. Immediately, the sheriff says, What did he say? You know tossing's illegal. You can't toss in a car. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it, Zach. I'm going to say it. Excuse me if it's sacrilege at this point. Sacrilege at this point. This subverted your expectations. <laughs> you That's thought, certainly the buzzword of 2018. You, you thought the sheriff was going to be angry about a beer being drank in a car. But no, he's upset about the tossing. You can't toss in a car. You know tossing's illegal. Uh, no, but one scene out of this that I thought was interesting, I'm interested that Rob didn't bring it up, was... Well, well here's the thing. There's, uh, I, have, okay. I have so much stuff to bring up, so I guess that's the problem with this episode, that I am so excited about this that Zach doesn't know how to handle it. <laughs> no, I do not. I don't normally know how to handle it, period. Yes, so, so please tell me, Zach, what scene... Do you want my All comments right. on that? Might All be right. a better way. To it's written down. It. I know Rob. I want to get the wording exactly right. Rob has it written down. Was at one point, I think our our teenage protagonists leave, and the turkey starts hitchhiking, and the guy pulls Ask off Cash the turkey. Grass. Ask Casher Grass. Yes. <laughs> All right, Rob. I don't think I could do this scene justice. So please lay out what goes on in this scene. Okay. So so clearly, from what Zach is telling me on this episode, he's never hitchhiked before. He's never been in a position where he's needed to rely on the helpfulness of strangers with vehicles to get from point A to point B. Is that fair to say, Zach? You've never had to hitchhike before. Uh, certainly not, but I don't know how you inferred all that from me wanting for you for me wanting you to explain when a turkey does it. Because if you do not know the phrase ass, cash, or grass, you have never hitchhiked before. I think this has been around since the seventies or eighties. When you would hitchhike, if someone would pick you up, they would not give you a free ride. They would say, you have to offer me one of three things. Ass, in terms of sex. Cash, in terms of money. Or grass, in terms of marijuana. I've known about this for years. Apparently, Zach has not known about it. I knew about it before I watched this movie in my undergrad. When you pick up a hitchhiker, this is the first thing you're supposed to say to them. And honestly, at the same time, this is my biggest issue with 
Pee Wee's Big Adventure when he oh, gets geez. picked up as a hike, as a hitchhiker. You remember that scene when Pee Wee's a hitchhiker? No one asks him ask cash or grass, but in this movie they do. They ask a turkey. Does that help you understand the scene a little bit more, Zach? It certainly does, Rob. Ask cash or grass. So next time you pick up a hitchhiker, Zach, that's what you have to ask them. You can't just give them a free ride. You know, maybe they'll give you money. Maybe they'll have sex with you. Maybe they'll give you some marijuana. It's a or hopefully all the above. Well, I mean, that's kind of the, you know, this is kind of capitalism bleeding into hitchhikerism, right? Oh, that geez. it's an option. It's not all of them, you know? Can't have it all. You can't have it all. But yes. Um, I'm glad Zach brings up the scene because, of course, I did have this in my notes. Certainly, a hitchhiker picks up a turkey. The turkey doesn't have the Marcho Grouch gla- glasses on. He's literally just a turkey on the side of the road. And a person opens his passenger door and says, ass, cash, or grass to this turkey. What does the turkey do? He decides to intimidate the person Ask the man to call his family, and while he's telling his family that he loves him, the turkey blows his brains away with a shotgun. Ask gas or grass. Well. I'm out of gas. Guess I'll take ass. Mm-hmm. Now that's what I call a tight ass. Yeah. No. It's not for you. Or anyone else for that matter. Oh. Oh. Please, mister. Please. I have a daughter. Call her. Okay. Hi, honey. It's Daddy. Hi. Yeah, sweetie. I'll be home real soon. Sweetie, please give Mommy a kiss and, and tell her that I... That's probably this, the darkest part of the movie. <laughs> I. This is one of my favorite parts of the movie. Because... <laughs> See, see, the tables are turned right now. Zach likes yes. the macabre. Because <laughs> as I was waiting this, I'm like, okay, because the scene is edited very poorly, or maybe it was filmed poorly. They didn't have enough coverage to properly explain. Because I'm not, I wasn't sure at that time. Because he's like, call your family and tell them you love them. He's like, and, I have a daughter. <laughs> exactly. I wasn't sure if he had the gun at this point because they really don't sometimes show him holding the gun. Turkey, i.e., not the country, and. I'm I like, okay, like, clearly he's going to kill this guy, but I wasn't sure how he was going to do it. And the next thing we know, he, you see the shotgun, then like immediately following that scene, you see him shoot him, you get the very crude, like digital, like blood, blood shot, like, or the like head falling off effect. And I'm like, wow, that was dark, even though it was very crudely done. And the and turkey, not like, like after the guy's head explodes, the turkey directly climbs into the driver's seat and drives yes. far away. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I love it. No, but I'm I'm with you, Zach. That is one of the darkest scenes in the movie. And that's like, it's so dark, it's almost startling. Yeah, it really is. 
Okay, okay. But but it works for trying to give this an edge. More yes. so than it already has. Yes. Okay, I'm glad you brought that scene up, Zach. I hope I described it to a, a detail that you approve of. Oh, you okay. certainly did, sir. Thank God. Are there any other scenes that you wanted to wanted to talk about? Because I have many, but I want to know what stood out to you. Uh, I'm trying to think. I The radioactive turkey thing at the end kind of got a little too hammy for me. Oh, that was so hammy. I, honestly, Zach, I'm surprised you haven't brought it up yet. The Jean Benet Ramsey joke. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay, you're right. I should have brought this. that up. The we John have Benet to Ramsey. talk about this. How they use it to like an ironic extent. <laughs> the John Benet Ramsey joke is weird because clearly they're trying to make it like an in joke. Oh yeah, it's so but, dated. <laughs> but even by 2007, it's dated. Yeah, yeah. And, and so I guess to frame it for our audience, during this one-hour movie, one female character. Says the joke that was harder to close than the Jean Benet Ramsey case two times, and then a, a male character gets it wrong by saying those legs were harder to close than Jean Benet Ramsey's. <laughs> oh, please, Allie, your legs are harder to shut than the Jean Benet Ramsey case. Oh, snap! <laughs> oh, good. Thanks for driving me, Jenny. I really appreciate it. Should totally call me up sometime. Love to hang out with you. <laughs> oh, looks like somebody's trying to get with you, Johnny. Haven't you noticed? She tries that with everyone. It's like her legs are harder to shut than the John Benet Ramsey case. Oh, oh shit! Dang. Dang! Damn, that was good. Oh. Bye, guys. Shit, that was good! <laughs> it was, man, that was a good one. Oh, God. Oh, Wait here, guys, I'll go get her. Do you think we made it in time? Don't even talk like that, Billy. At least her legs were harder to close than John Benet Ramsey's legs. Is she? Is she? Yes, guys. She's dead. There's so much to unpack here, Zach. There's so much, Zach. I'm losing my mind. <laughs> like that's, but that's such a weird joke. Like that's the sort of like joke you would like. If, like, okay, the director of this. If you were like like a Middle Eastern foreigner who just had like money, or was like a Tommy Wiseau, some like mysterious character. Yeah. Like that would make sense. Like, oh, they heard it on the news. Like it was something like something like the John Benet Ramsey case. Would probably show up like somewhere overseas and just be like a really like like a sticking point somewhere. But for a bunch of like American college students in the mid two thousands to really just glom onto that, it becomes the butt of a joke numerous times. It really this it's it's funny because the joke happened the second time. It's not played as ironic. It's not until the third time that's played yeah. as ironic. When the, the guy second time it's it, played yeah. straight. Yo, the second time it's like. Are they expecting me to not remember the first 15 minutes of the movie? <laughs> so, again, okay, I wonder, did, did they just forget? Like, did they 
forget that they already used that joke during photography, like principal <laughs> photography. And it's like, okay, we need like we can't just have them like driving away. We need a scene of this. This is the only footage we have that would work here. Okay. But, Again, that's another thanks killing mystery. Yeah, I think it's a mystery harder to close than the Jean Benet Ramsey case. <laughs> <laughs> there we go, folks. Bazinga. <laughs> no, I'm glad we had to talk about that because that's so dated, but it's so beautiful and you know what they're talking about, right? Yeah. It, it, it's, it's, it's very intriguing to see that, you know, in 2018 when we watched this movie, that's like, wow. That is that is something that was an interesting for that time. Well, it's weird because in 2007 it was already 10 years. Like that was not to say that was old news because to this day, like they still do specials on John Benet Ramsey. Of course, of course. But for 2007, for a bunch of college kids like in their mid 20s, that's a weird thing to glom onto. It is. It is. It's a very strange thing, and um, you know, honestly, I guess to frame it back in the day, because I said already, I vividly remember when I watched this originally, I don't think that joke stuck with my friends in undergrad. I think it's now that I understand it better, that it's funnier. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting joke. That's yeah, yeah. for sure. And I, that's, that's a testament to this movie, that it has those interesting jokes. It's not just all, you know, just straight brow, you know, low brow level humor or anything like that, that they actually have those things in there and where they build up to, to reflect on self retro self referential humor. It's great. It certainly is. Okay. To change gears completely. Let's talk about non self referential humor. One of my favorite favorite scenes in this movie is when uh, our group of teens are driving in the middle of the night and their car breaks down. It overheats. We get a scene where literally all of our main characters are looking at the open hood of a Jeep, which is spewing smoke. And the very slutty girl, that's her character, she says, I know, Johnny, it's a flat tire. How bad is it? I don't know. Looks like we definitely overheated. Oh, I know. Maybe it's a flat tire, Johnny. Yeah, maybe, Allie. You had to laugh at this, Zach. You had to laugh at this. This is so goddamn funny. Well, this is has... so goddamn funny. <laughs> I, mean, I don't remember laughing at that specifically, but I remember laughing later on when they're fixing the car in the jock man. What he's doing to fix the car is we see him like cutting a wire and somehow that fixes the car. Yeah. <laughs> cutting, he has like a, like, a, like a pair of like wire clippers and he's just like, he's like snip, snip. It's good. Like, well, yeah. It's like, okay, well apparently that fixes the car. Oh, okay. That that's fair. I did pick up on that, but I mean, there is something to me that's so funny about, you know, you got every five people standing around literally an open hood of a car. The engine is smoking and someone goes, it's a flat tire. <laughs> that is too funny. That is too fucking funny to me. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. I know, Johnny. It's a flat tire. Oh, that's so good. That is so goddamn funny. The next thing I have to mention, because we're in the vein of things that made me laugh out loud... When the kids of our movie, the teenagers, are at their campsite, you know, because their car breaks down, it's not a flat tire, it's overheating, 
Their car breaks down. They say, fuck it. We're trying to camp anyway. Let's camp right here. Um, the main female character, whose name I don't know, she sees the turkey, I think, for the first time. She tries and goes back to the main camp and warn everybody about the turkey, and no one believes her. And as everybody's sitting around the campfire discussing that, you know, this girl is off her meds or whatever, she saw a demonic turkey, the turkey throws a rabbit into the fire. Oh, yeah. So so there is literally a shot of like a parabolic arc, like like a curved arc of a of a stuffed rabbit flying across the air into this campfire. And probably no 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 no, not my favorite line in the movie. We haven't gotten there yet. Maybe my second favorite line in the movie. The jock character Johnny when they're all talking about what just happened, that a, a bunny is lit on fire in front of them. He has a fantastic line that says, We're in the woods! This type of shit happens all the time! Whoa. Oh, look! It's a baby bunny! Do you think he's okay? I mean, he looks kind of funny, doesn't he? Yeah! That's because his stomach got gnawed open. Look at all of his guts hanging out. This little baby bunny got its stomach gnawed open by a beak. Not just any beak. A turkey beak. Fuckball! Maybe Kristen was right. Look guys, just calm the F down. Jesus, we're in the woods. This type of shit happens all the time. Let's just go to bed. That is hilarious to me. When when a fucking when a fucking animal gets thrown into your campsite, if your response is, yeah, it's nothing new, that is golden. That is golden to me, Zach. I laughed so goddamn hard when he was like, This happens all the time. Did you pick up on that? Uh well I Obviously, I thought it was funny that we have a little like stuffed animal uh, bunny. Gets oh yes, into it the is fire. clearly it is clearly a non-live stuffed animal. <laughs> well, it's not even trying to be a facsimile of that. Oh it, yeah, it's a true puppet, I guess. Like so, that scene didn't do much for me though. It's it was the scenes where the turkeys killing people. Okay, that yeah, Zach, like, Zach likes murder. Even with the Friday the Thirteenth, Zach likes murder. What's up with Zach? Well, I think right? that's where you get, that's where it gets created. Like, don't know <laughs> the creativity of this movie is its sheer existence in the in the, in the years that it was produced. Mm-hmm. But I think those scenes are we get to see the creativeness because the more the turkey, like, I'm I'm fascinated by again how creative some of the kills are. Yet we never see the turkey full body. The turkey's always in the corner oh, of the screen because it's half hand, half puppet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Again, the limitations of the production cause us to never see the turkey. Like we don't even see a scene of it just like sitting off in the distance. Yeah, we just get it, it yeah. in the corner of the frame. Always at any given time. And see, Zach, you make a really good point because I, I think that's fair to say that you're more interested in the kills and things like that, things that are more reminiscent of an actual horror movie, where I'm looking at the finer details that aren't necessarily reminiscent of any type of movie, just what, what is unique to this movie, and they blow my mind, you know? Well, I don't 
think it's the fact of horror movies or anything like that, though. It's the fact okay. that it's those certain moments la- allow the creativity of the filmmakers to flourish. Yes, and I, I, I guess that's a better way to say it. That's what I'm picking up on more, is, the, is that little tiny bits of flourishment that are unique to this film. There's a few more things uh, that I really wanted to know what Zach picked up on. We haven't gotten to my favorite line in the movie yet as well, which I need to talk about. But w- before that... Um, there's a scene in the in the vehicle when our teenager characters are driving in the vehicle. I think it's back to the the hometown or whatever, where um, the girl makes a joke. It might be the John Benet Ramsey joke, and everybody laughs. And then there's a cut to a character walking away, and then they cut back to the car, and our main characters continue to laugh. But here's the thing. So imagine this. The first time our characters laugh, they're like, oh, shit, you burned him good. That was good. Like everything you'd expect when someone makes a joke, you know? When it cuts back, we get to hear one of our characters saying, and I quote, shit, that was good. I love saying that was good. Shit, that was good. (laughs) I love saying that was good. Oh, God. This is hilarious. This is fucking hilarious. This is so meta. One of our characters, in response to saying a joke was good, says that they don't get the joke, but just likes saying something was good. Does that make sense, Zach? Am I am I, un- am I, I did not. I did, I did not pick on that. Pick up I'm on gonna that I'm gonna put the clip in. But just that oh, fact I bet he will. is hilarious. When someone's like, "Yeah, boy, I love saying that was good." <laughs> Oh, that I I thrive for that type of stuff. But now, Zach, here we go. Here we go. My favorite line in the movie. Okay, this is a really subtle line. We have a scene very early on where our main nerdy character, the guy with the glasses, he is the one who initially recognizes the story of Thanksgiving of the the demonic turkey. You know. Later on, uh, I guess I should say, when he introduces this concept, he's like, yeah, I know about this from a lot of books. I've read a lot about this mythology. Later on in the movie, maybe the 40-minute mark, when they realize, the the teenagers, realize that the turkey is among them. You know, it is harming them, it's killing their friends, and they need to do something about it. The nerdy character has a line that says, oh, hey— Remember all those books I mentioned before? You know, kind of getting at the fact that we could find a way, or they could find a way, to defeat the turkey with these books. As our main character, or as the nerdy character says this line, hey, remember those books I mentioned? It cuts to our dumb character, Billy. Billy has a very confused look on his face, and he says to our nerdy character... I don't understand what you mean. Something along those lines. And our nerdy character replies with my favorite line in the movie. Oh, boy. Well, fuck, Billy. We go to the library. Remember all of those books that I was telling you that were written about this turkey? Yeah, so? Well, fuck, Billy. We go to the library. So, so let, me just, let me just condense this once more. Our main character says... Hey guys, remember those books that I talked about before about this turkey? Dumb character says, "Yeah." 
What do we do about it? Nerdy character retorts with, Well, fuck, Billy! We go to the library! This is the greatest thing to me, Zach. I don't think our audience is going to understand. I don't think you're going to understand. I don't think anybody Definitely not. I, I'd say to anyone listening to this, go back, watch this part, watch the whole movie. This line makes sense. With the amount of gravity our character puts into it, he's so angry about it. That is where I wanted to finish, with my favorite line in the movie. Okay, Zach, that is the last largely comical thing I wanted to, to pitch. That's where I wanted to end, was my f- favorite line of the movie. I think we talked about my... Uh, my non-funny lines, except for one thing, which I want to tell Zach, he can drop the slate for. If you want to play a, uh, a a steady tone, a beep right here, feel free, Zach, okay? Oh, Are you boy. ready for this? Oh, dear Lord. You had to know this was coming. In Thanksgiving, our nerdy character has a book about the demonic turkey, and he says it's written in mathematical code. Dear. You knew I was going to have to comment on this, right? Right? I guess. There was no way that I was going to let mathematical code buy me without commenting on if it is real mathematical code or not. The answer is no. Oh. What they show us in this, when the only screenshot we get is the book that this character is reading, while it is not true mathematical code, um, it is very, very close to something called elliptical equations. Zach, do you remember learning about elliptical equations in high school? I absolutely do not. No, because no one does. Elliptical equations are a very, very high level of mathematics. There's maybe five to ten people that truly understand them. I am not one of them. Elliptical equations are well beyond my understanding of mathematics. But that is actually what we get to see. In the one shot of this book of mathematical code, we see one elliptical equation copy and pasted multiple times. So for anyone that is interested, this is real math, elliptical equations. Uh, Elliptical, yeah, so I mean, I think that's fair that they took something real and then just copied and pasted it a bunch of times to make it look like fancy math. Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. (laughs) <laughs> so Zach, I'm ready. Please. What true cinemodities question, if there's nothing else you'd like to talk about, would you like to talk about next? Is this cinemodity? Yes. This is a cinemodity for how much I was laughing, and I'm gonna go jump ahead. This is a late night movie for all the right reasons. Here we go, Zach. Just hear me out. I can play this for somebody who I know will appreciate it solely for the fact that it is a bad horror movie. At the same time, I know people that I can play this for who will appreciate this for no other reason than the Jean Benet Ramsey joke. Uh, This hits cinemodities and late-night movie at so many levels. Honestly, I don't think there's been anything since Odd Sack that I would say is such a definitive late-night movie and cinemodity. What do you think? Uh, I agree with both. I suggest you never watch this, but I would agree that it's a cinemodity and a late-night movie. Because cinemodity goes without saying, right? With how many nonsense jokes they throw at us, how much absurdity 
it's hard to break down how this is a cinemodity, right? No, I think, I, I think we laid it out pretty well over the last, like, seven hours. Yeah, that's. I guess that's what I'm saying. It takes seven hours to describe it. <laughs> well, because the, the big thing about making this a cinemodity, which I was kind of afraid of going into this, mm-hmm. was when I saw what year this was made before I watched it, I'm like, oh, no. This is going to be like a, a Birdemic or one of those ones where, like, the incredible bulk where it's like that CGI like green screen thing. So like it's just people like running in front of like a green screen for like an mm-hmm. hour and a half. Yep. And I'm like, oh no. Cause this is like, cause that's right. Again, this like 2009 ish was like when all this stuff really started to come out with like green screen and just like, yeah. oh look, we're going to be intentionally bad. Yeah. I'm what like, was oh. that? That was like uh, the era of, um, oh God, hobo with a shotgun and all that gore and stuff. No, right? no, no. Don't, don't you dare speak ill of hobo with a shotgun no no hobo. i love hobo with a shotgun but am i wrong in saying that I, i'm wrong in that time period oh well no hobo with a shotgun was 2011 yeah i, I okay I, I guess i'm leaving up to you i love hobo with a shotgun we haven't talked about that yet but i guess i am i no, wrong in, I think, in lumping no, it in with that with category shotgun actually has like production value behind it that they, that is a they put a lot of effort into that no sure, like I'm, sure. I'm thinking about these ones where it's like everything like every background is like green screen or like they, they really lean on the digital trickery. Okay. The fact that like they actually built a turkey puppet, even though it is very, lo- very low rent in some places, <laughs> I think there is effort behind this. Okay. Yeah, I and agree. I, I think what makes a cinemati like what makes this different from like a Sharknado or mm-hmm. like a Sci-Fi Channel original movie, which they don't really do those anymore, is like okay. This is why I was, I was expecting a Sci-Fi channel original movie circa 2010 that's what i was expecting from this and there is much more effort the thing about this is that this doesn't feel cynical yeah it feels true to what it's trying to accomplish yes it doesn't feel like a cash grab it doesn't feel like the people who made this made it solely to make a buck yep like it feels like like or maybe they did do it to make money but it feels like they at least put a little effort into it yeah i think what also makes this a cinemodity is that a it's not cynical or a cynical cash grab and b it feels like there are i guess not feels like it's that there's a mystery to it like you walk sharknado and it's like there's no mystery it's just this is being intentionally dumb yeah you watch this and you're like, well, how much of this is intentional? And I think that's that's what makes a cinematic interesting is how much of a mystery is involved in. Okay. How much were the filmmakers aware of what they were doing at the time? Yeah. And I think yeah. that's why like things like the room are like you have to ignore like the, the the vocal fan base that's come with that film in the subsequent years because like now like Tommy Wiseau is like, oh, this was intentional. Like I intended to make a comedy all along. And you have things like the James Franco movie where it's like, oh, look at this like elaborate backstory to making this. Like, I think the real story behind the room is like just you had a guy who wanted to be a movie director. He has some <laughs> unlimited source of funds. Yeah. He's like, I'm just gonna make a movie today. Like, yep. I think that's the backstory to the room. You have an incompetent guy with a lot of money just deciding one day he's gonna make a lot of money. And I think probably the backstory to Thanks Killing is very similar, except the money part. Yeah, that's a fair point. And I think that's what makes a cinemati interesting is that in a weird way, you can't like a cinemati is more fun with the less information. Like it's more fun to speculate about a film with a cinemati than it is to know the concrete story behind it. I agree. Unless I agree it's completely. unless it involves Richard Stanley, then we get oh. then we get an exemption. 
Yes, November is a different cir- set of circumstances. <laughs> yes, I guess we should say this is not part of November. <laughs> no, this is a defi- this is a special episode, much like Adventure Time, solely or- for Thanksgiving to bring your family closer together on this holiday. Exactly. Yes. So, uh, so Rob, what snack do we eat besides mm-hmm. uh, Thanksgiving dinner? This was this was tough. This was tough. Uh, I, I've had to provide in my own life many dishes for many different Thanksgiving meals in the past years. But in terms of cinemodities, you know, the one thing that comes to mind that I really, really enjoy is I want somebody to order and eat a demonic meal. I want somebody to willingly order and consume a meal that they know is creative, created out of th- the souls of another living creature. You know, is that too much to ask? That's <laughs> oh a weird oh God. Um, so, I mean, you know, like eating, like imagine, like the whole concept of the turkey coming back every 505 years. What if we, what if Zach and I took the talisman from this turkey, killed it, and, and cooked it? And served it to people. What would that taste like? I'm interested by that. So Rob's cinematic meal or snack is, what does a soul taste like? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's that's fair. What does a soul taste like? MSG. Who has a soul? MSG? Is that yes. what you said? Yes, that's why it tastes so good. It's, it's, I, literally, that, that's... I was literally at somebody's house once, and we were cooking. And they busted out something. They were like, yeah, Yo, you want some flavor enhancer? That's what they said to me. They literally looked me in the eye and said, do you want flavor enhancer? I was like 23 years old at this point. And I was like, what? I was like, what? I was like, you mean salt? And they said, <laughs> no. They, they literally handed me a fucking McCormick spice jar that said flavor enhancer on the outside. And I turned the package around and I looked at the ingredients. You know what the ingredients were? Monosodium glutamate. MSG. Somebody literally fucking offered me pure MSG once. I need the real... Yeah, pass me that real crystal flavor. Yeah. One sodium, one glutamate, small crystal, that's great. No calories, no gluten, I'm yelling, I'm hooting. Monosodium glutamate, I wanna fuck it, bring me the MSG bucket. Stop. Stop. It's funny, after all the drugs Rob's done, that's the one time he drew a line in the sand and said, yeah. nope. Video games and MSG. <laughs> I've heard that story numerous times, so I had to set him up for that. I think my snack, or it's actually the, the meal at the Cinematis restaurant, is I want a legit Thanksgiving dinner. You order the thanks-killing platter... And that's what it's called, the Thanksgiving platter. And the description is a turkey that comes back to life every 505 years and will murder your ass. And the people are like, so why would I order this? Well, it's only once every 505 years. So who knows? If you order it, you might get a delicious meal. But if you get that off chance and you come in the day of the 505 years, you're in really <laughs> big trouble. Exactly. So I love it. I love so it. So much like how Thanksgiving or the production is a mystery, the meal is a mystery. 
that's what I'm all I think that's what we're all about at the Cinemarty's restaurant. When you order a meal, you don't know if you're gonna eat something or die. That's just or get the way possessed or lose your soul. Yeah, or... yeah. Exactly. Okay. I can get behind that. I can get behind that. But when you say Thanksgiving meal, can you elaborate on that more? Would it be a plate of it, just all it, the Thanksgiving? No, it's fixings? legit like it's like legit Thanksgiving like dinner. So there's going to be like a buffet line of Thanksgiving. No, you get like you order. No, this is one where it's it's order for the order for like at the booth. There's no wall. There's or there's no uh, caviar. The glory hole. Oh, so the whole table is getting this. Well, it depends on how selfish you want to be. You can order it just for yourself. Who are we to sit there and put a limit on gluttony? Yes, fair, fair. But but you're you're talking meal or snack Thanksgiving dinner. Absolutely. You actually get like a turkey to yourself. You get like a 24 pound turkey. Okay. The stuffing, the mashed potatoes, the green. The cranberries? The cranberries, jelly, or whole. You get everything. A pumpkin pie. The yams? The yams, candy yams. Oh, I'm I'm so excited about this for the yams right now. (laughs) Hey kids, Rob is about to play some music for you. Specifically, the song is called You Are My Sunshine by the Flatbush Zombies. But of course, if you look at the initials for You Are My Sunshine, you get yams. Getting high once we lost yams. I was dead the night he died. He was blue coal in my hands. Ain't been the same since that day. God damn. You was a prophet. You was a king. You was a visionary. You formed more than a mob. You made you a military. You always supported. Miss your funeral. I wasn't mad enough to see you in the coffin, but I give you this offering and hope that you forgive me cause truthfully in my eyes you was king of the city I know you smiling down sharing backwards with Biggie no lie I stopped getting high once we lost yams I was dead the night he died he was blue cold in my hands ain't been the same since that day god damn you was a prophet you was a king, you was a visionary, you formed more than a mob, you made you a military, you always supported, miss your funeral, I wasn't man enough to see you in the coffin, but to you I give this offering and hope that you forgive me, cause truthfully in my eyes you was king of the city, I know you smiling down, sharing a bag with your biggie, rocking the Leopold, taking the tab with Jimmy, pimping with Sweet Jones, go grilling with ODB in the studio, trying to fight tears and shit, I just wish my nigga Yams was here to hear this shit, he in the clouds, angels braiding his hair and shit, just looking down like God, you hear this shit, I hope we make you proud, cause we next up at the mound, and I'ma always strive and prosper until the world is ours, I hope we make you proud, cause I'm next up at the, uh. 
You are my sunshine. 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 On the day. On the day. On the That is not a joke. Uh, Zach is laughing at me right now. I'm offended by Zach is laughing at me. I'm just laughing at the fact that this is what we've come to for the disgusting you, in the Thanksgiving episode. Sunshine. I like it, Zach. I really like that Thanksgiving dinner in the vein of Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving dinner, yeah. That's what it's called. In every 505 years, if you order that, you get possessed by the meal. Exactly. Or your meal gets possessed, and most likely you will die. I like it. I really, really enjoy that. Okay, I can get behind that for sure. You know what I've been thinking? Not that I have any idea to pitch to it, but, you know, we, we really need some more beverages, I think. I think that's what we're lacking in the Cinemodities restaurant is beverages. Yeah, we need, yeah, probably. Okay, Rob, so where are we ending this episode with? What song do we play? This isn't part of November, right? This is separate. No. This is a special episode. So I'm tempted to say we have to take the uh, Killing intro theme. The little, like, techno music with they put over the credits and maybe play that backwards? Does that sound good? Sure. We, and maybe we can put some clips in there from the movie. Like the John Bonet Ramsey clip and Rob's favorite uh, quote of all time. Well, fuck, Billy! You go to the library! <laughs> you know, uh... I, think, I think that clip resonates with me so well because I could yell it at students. If a student ever comes to me and they're like, I don't understand this homework problem. I could say, well, fuck, you go to the library. <laughs> Zach, are we really ending this episode? Is that what you're saying, that it has to come to an end? I think so after... Can't um, we keep talking about Thanksgiving forever? After two hours and probably 30 minutes of at least excised audio... <laughs> yes, Thanksgiving no. has to come to an end. Time, time is irrelevant when it comes to talking about Thanksgiving. Let's keep going. Let's watch it right now and do a live recording. What do you think? Absolutely not. Oh God. Okay. Well, that'll be an update. We'll do an update on the Thanksgiving again, and then we'll do Thanksgiving three a few weeks after. Absolutely not. All righty, Rob. Let's play us out. Yes. Thankfully, our episode on Thanksgiving ended on such a high note. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Let us know what you're thankful for in the comments, in the smash that like button. Ring the bell. Ring the bell. Smash the Thanksgiving button. Smash the turkey button, i.e., but not the country. But not the country. Don't smash the country.